Welcome to the Red Button Podcast. My name is Kyler Draven, and with me, as always, is the world-famous Lanthios. What is up, guys? How's everybody doing this week? And we are finally bringing you what you have all been asking for. We are going to talk about art. Ramen. Ramen? Oh. No, that's the second half. Second half, we're talking about ramen. I'm hungry, damn it. Well, we'll get there eventually. Eventually, we'll get there. But today, we actually have a special guest. We have a special guest. Today, we have with us the talented Rabies Kitten. She has done artwork for the podcast. She has done artwork for me. She has done artwork for Lan. She is super talented, and she is here to tackle a wide variety of topics. So She's also done artwork for, for many companies that we can't even name them. They're so famous. They are. They're phenomenal. Ooh. Maybe Jay-Z. Maybe Kanye. Maybe <laughs> um, maybe the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe. I Top don't know. Ramen? She, yeah, she designed the top ramen packet. She actually yes. designed the whole Boeing jet. Not just the did logo, she, really? she did the whole jet. It's amazing. Oh I didn't even know you could do that in Illustrator. Artistic engineering, I guess. So how are you doing today, Rabies? I'm great. How are you? We are doing fantastic. So we're going to hit you fast and furious with questions about the art. Just Paul on. Paul Walker. Oh, wah, wah. that's bad. That's All right, so sad. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about art themes and Lan, why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown about art themes art is really not my topic i'm not very good with it so i'm going to default to rabies on on these topics and you way more than i'm going to be chiming in because i'm not okay, good at it okay well coming up with an art theme guys that's that's a real personal experience and there are you know first let's say this is once again this is our opinion on on business this is not how it always is but I, as a streamer, felt like I needed to come to the table with a theme already there. Now, I went through three different revisions before I settled on my current theme. But there are some artists that are just artists, and then there are some people that are just branding. And then you have this rare variety of branding artists that can do great things for you. But your your theme is going to set you apart from the rest of your of the pack, if you will. Pardon the wolf term there. Um, <laughs> but why is it so important to have a theme? And I'm, I'm actually going to defer to Kitten on the ethos and the artistic artistic side of things. So Kitten, why is it so important to have a theme that goes across your entire channel? A theme is really important because you want to have something that people can recognize you for. You want to have some kind of brand that will take you and carry you. People will recognize it and be able to look at it and know, okay, this is this is the person that I'm watching, okay. you know. Absolutely. Now let me ask you, as an artist, uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of things and not just in streaming, but have you seen a art, uh, a theme break a company? um well there's i mean it it happens all the time um not specifically with you know um actual like twitch but particularly like in in you know the mainstream kind of in the big old business world big old business business world world. you can even have an amazing theme and it will just completely destroy you because things that happen in the company and it will get a bad name like i mean if you think about like enron they had an amazing brand and just because of who they were, it wasn't successful. Exactly. So so you're hearing it here, guys, from a professional artist that it is important. It can make or break you. Not necessarily break you. If you have a great product, it can still succeed. But a branding and a logo and a right theme to your stream is is very important in helping you grow as a streamer and making you look more professional. Um, when you when you think of logos, what what Kitten, uh, what, what, how am I trying to say this, I guess? What, how do you boil down who you are to a 512 by 512 icon that <laughs> at a moment's notice gives somebody an idea of who you are as a, as a business? 
Because a stream is, is technically a business, so. Yes, absolutely. Um, you want to kind of find something that expresses who you are, what you're about, and mm -hmm. you want to take basically everything that your essence of what you want to portray is and create a more simplified form for that. Now, um, is it is it important to really self-evaluate when you're coming up with branding or logos, or is it... Do you want a logo in your brand to be about you personally, or is it better to almost come up with like a persona to put out there as like a brand and, and use that for the logo? Well, I would honestly say that's entirely up to you personally. Um, I think that creating something that is entirely you would be a great way to go. But if you want to create this kind of persona and run with that, that is something that you will do, but you have to stick to it. You have to kind of, once you create who you are, like basically people see that as who you are. If you create a persona, that is you at that point. So it's something that you want to kind of create and stick with. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. After you land. Uh, no, I was just going to say, okay, that's that, that makes a lot of sense. And you have to think about this at the beginning, guys. And this is more of that business streamer side of things. You... you you really have to figure out who you are going to be as a streamer. We talked about this, what, two weeks ago or a week ago? Yeah, I started something like blur that, together. a few weeks ago. And in about who you are as a streamer and what kind of stream you're going to have. So so what Kitten is saying here from the art side is the same thing said from the streamer side of business, that you have to come up with this, this logo and this brand and this theme, and you have to stay consistent across all of it. Now, that being said, being consistent... Um, uh, now, what you, what you don't want to do is you don't want to be a Cadler. You don't want to go into this and have no brand, no logo, nothing. If this is something you're going to really look at doing um, full time, almost, you know, where you're streaming four hours a day, five or six days a week, don't don't do a me. Really, people save yourself a lot of headache in the long run. Get your logo, get your brand, get a decent idea of what you want to portray to everybody before you hit that button. I think it's it's something I learned from Lan and I learned some from other big streamers. I came into this woefully unprepared as who I am as a broadcaster. It's much, much harder to rebrand than it is to initially brand guys. Um, and that's, that's I mean, so we, we discussed, you know, the logo and everything. And let's continue this on into more sections of your page. Let's continue this on to continuing a, th a theme. And this is towards Kitten. A theme across your panels, across your offline image, um, everything. How do you... How do you keep the same feel of your your logo and your brand without becoming obnoxious about your logo? Um, basically, when you once you create kind of like a logo and a persona, you want to pick things. I mean, like even fonts. Like you want to choose something that's similar to like your logo font, but you don't want to choose the same font because you want to be able to use it on multiple platforms. And you want something like if you have text, you know, that says you know about me or you know um, donate or you know um, tips mm -hmm. and tricks and things like that. Like you want to have something that kind of expresses exactly what that logo has but at the same time you don't want it to actually have the same kind of like exact font or anything like that okay um now and I, you I have a question regarding logos real quick i'm gonna i'm gonna cut you off just briefly here now mm -hmm. i know sizing is really important when designing a logo now you mentioned designing things for cross platforms so we're talking about you know going from twitch to twitter even down to something like a business card is that something that you need to take into consideration when picking a logo or is that something an artist can kind of work with to make it go from a tiny inch by inch icon to something as big as a full screen monitor um that's something people can uh or people <laughs> well designers can kind of take um they you. can take your logo <laughs> 
and they can they can take you know certain aspects from it and bring it into um other platforms and different um different design aspects that you'll need um so you want to choose a font that you know basically will have aspects from your logo that can just carry basically the weight of your brand and who you are now let me ask you this um because you know everybody on the internet has this 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 argument how important is font in your branding do you really come across that many typography snobs that really i mean does your font really psychologically affect your brand that hard when you're choosing your font font is absolutely important um you want to choose something basically that is legible not necessarily like there's people can choose a font that will be readable but it's not legible you want something that people could just kind of take a glance at and know what that word says you don't want people kind of squinting at it and like okay you know seeing it and saying okay I don't understand exactly you know I mean you can look at each letter and figure out what it says but you want something that's very easily legible and you okay. also want to make sure that you choose something I mean there's serifs and there's sans serifs uh, serifs are the ones that have like the little you know the, the dongles <laughs> the, little, yeah, the little the little the little pieces on them the unnecessary the little, pieces, little things little, yes uh, Cad calls them dongles like Danelian like <laughs> Danelian font would be uh, yeah, basically it'll have like kind of like, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard to explain, but it'll have like kind of like an edge on like end cap of each letter. Okay. And those are those are sans or those are serif fonts and okay. sans serifs are much more legible, but you get a more classic look with a, a serif font. Now, okay. when, when you're going to pick a font, is it important? And I'm going to keep going back to the, the branding across multiple platforms because it's really important when For you're beginning do, yeah. to grow a, a channel and that you need things that'll work in, in different sizes. Now, do you find that you, you try to pick a font that's legible at a small size first, or do you pick a font that's legible at like a medium size and hope it'll convert down? Do you kind of see where I'm going? Absolutely. You always want to choose something that you can make really small and people will be able to read it legibly. So um, there's... Um, letters have um, different heights. Um, there's X heights, which is basically like all the cross beams in the letter. So like basically when you have lowercase letters, um, all like the like the M height or the X height, like basically how tall the lowercase letters come up to and then all the cross beams. So like the little cross in between the A or like the little piece between the top and the bottom bubbles of the B, you want that to be a little bit higher so that people can read it when it's it's smaller. Okay, now now that we have the nuts and bolts of fonts down, um, so Which when is I absolutely de- fascinating. When I decide to pick wingdings as my font, web you mean uh, webdings? <laughs> webdings, wingdings, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> do you? Um, what would you say? Wingding to, is using the webdings. You know, so I come I come to you, and the only idea that I have is that I want to use wingdings. But that's all I'm bringing to the table. Uh, obviously, I'm sure you would be quite annoyed at that whole situation. It so, would be impossible to read it if it was text. <laughs> what What should somebody come to you with if they're looking to get a brand, uh, like a brand down? What are you looking for from a client to bring to the table to make your job easier and to be able to work with them better? Basically, I'd want a general idea of what specifically they would want their brand to look like. Um basically taking all their aspects of how people they want people to 
see them portrayed as and kind of put it all together. So say you have a wolf logo and you want it to look brave or you want it to look strong or you want it to look majestic. Those are things specifically that you'd have to tell me because after a certain point, I can say, okay, well, a wolf is a wolf, but it's not. There's different a wolf aspects. Wolf is never just a wolf. Exactly. What if, I want, what if I want a Cadler riding a wolf and having the wolf completely emasculated by the Cadler? Never in this life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we kind of we kind of talked about branding and logos overall, but what what we're really looking at here when somebody comes to your channel is is what you what you're putting on the screen, right? That's probably the most important thing. Somebody comes to the channel, it's it's what they're yeah. watching. You'd yeah. say that. So we're talking about panels, yes. right? We're gonna. What do you think about panels well, in general? What? How? I, I'm I, I'm not a big fan of them, but I'd like to hear your guys' point of view. How do you guys feel about? You mean panels? panels, or do you mean overlays? I mean overlays. I don't know why I said panels. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Can we change? Can we just? Can we just read? I'm looking. It? I'm looking at. I'm looking at our our document here, and I'm thinking, what in the hell is Cadler Draven talking about this week? So yes, let's talk about <laughs> overlays for a second, guys. Like the do's and don'ts of overlays, because I've seen some pretty gnarly, messed up overlays, and I've seen some beautiful looking overlays. And but once again, overlays are a subjective topic, guys, because what somebody may think is too much, somebody thinks is perfect, versus somebody thinks is not enough. So let's get an actual professional artist's opinion on overlays. What do you think, uh, Miss Miss Rabies on? What is what is a solid overlay? I would say that you need something that will get your name out there, that will express who you are, but at the same time is something very streamlined or minimalist that won't take over completely. Because if you have something in the background that you're trying to show to them, whether you're playing a game or if you're trying to explain, you know, how to pot mm -hmm. a plant, <laughs> you need something that will not completely distract from the actual visual that you're trying to show your your viewers, your, you know, your clients. Okay. okay. So if, if I put a giant picture of myself dead center in, in my Twitch window, right? That that's acceptable because I'm the primary focus, right? So I Don't can take up so, the Kevin. whole middle. Absolutely not. You want to have something that people can see you, but at the same time, they'll recognize your branding, but you can also show them things that they want to see and they want to learn about things that, you're trying to show them or if you're trying to entertain you want to be able to show them things other than your face smacked up in the middle of the screen so so Cadler's saying here being being Cadler Draven as he always is is talking about putting himself smack dab in the middle of his scene now <laughs> let's talk about a good use of space rather than putting Cadler's face in the middle of the stream which may not necessarily be the greatest use of, of space what would be a good way to you know what would be a good way to roll everything out and have, you know, your, your, your overlay with your information and your, your, we're going to get into the, uh, to the, to the alerts and everything, but what's a good rule to follow? What's a good way to do it for, for artwork? Well, generally, uh, you want to follow the rule of thirds. You want to make sure that you don't have anything as like a, a specifically central focus. You want to be able to draw the eye from one part of the actual screen that you're showing to the other. So whoa, 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 see hold on, hold on. Rule of thirds. All right, I'm an art dummy here. Okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll, I'll step in this one. The rule of thirds, Cadler. Forgive us, guys. Cadler is is not an artist. I don't art. Is you break your screen into thirds, vertically and horizontally, and you look at that area, and you never put anything in dead center of that that area. You always want to be off two thirds to one side, up, down, left, or right. So sorry. Continue, kitten, Cadler. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, basically, you want to kind of create um, a 
viewpoint. So you'll have something, say, in the right-hand part of the screen, and you'll have something maybe up in the left-hand part of the screen. But you want to be able to draw the eye around the screen. You don't want it to go directly towards the center. So putting your face literally in the center of what you're trying to show your viewers is going to make them stare at your face and not see anything else around it, and they're going to well, be distracted. Perfect. That's perfect. That's exactly what I want my well, stream to well, be we know, about. We know that Cadler is like <laughs> the Adonis of men, so let's, so uh, let's put him in the center of the screen. Okay, so I don't put I don't put myself in the center. I put four individual photos of me in the corners, and that <laughs> will draw them in. I'm okay then. <laughs> You're good there. Well, I would say maybe a single per part of say your face or your logo and part of the screen will help so the bottom right hand corner the left hand corner maybe the top right or the top left and maybe your name and you know the number of followers is in the right hand part of the screen okay, okay. well so i object good... that is that is just not enough cadler i'm just saying <laughs> guys please excuse my uh, my co-host here that's a great rule to start with is you know use the four corners for different pieces of information and and step out there and have you know, more, yeah, use those areas, leave the center for the gaming and the occasional alert, right? You're going to want to put your alert dead center in the screen when it pops up for a couple of seconds, right, Kitten? I would say if it's something that's very minimal, like maybe text in a small, tiny little logo, if you have some kind of a GIF or something, you might want to throw it to the side a little bit so people can so wait, wait, see it. wait, not the center? No, no, not the center. But you can do that Aww. with something very small, maybe something like somewhat transparent, but, you know, maybe in a tightening kind of and dull like whitish gray undertone but ideally you'd want to keep anything very distracting to the maybe the bottom right hand corner the left hand corner something that will not completely distract from what you're trying to show the your viewers okay so let's talk about you just said the magic word there let's talk about the impactful use of imagery let's talk about colors and shape and transparency are there ones that work better or work worse color wise transparency wise shape wise i mean could i use rhomboids for my for my follower alerts if that would work you know chartreuse rhomboids <laughs> um use, using very bright colors can be distracting if you use them minimally they can be very effective so if it's part of your logo I would say that's fine. A little bit transparent, a bright color can work very well. But if you have large obtrusive shapes all over the screen, it will be very distracting and your viewers are going to focus on that and not what you're trying to show them. Okay, so if I understand you right, I need to put my face dead center, surrounded <laughs> by swears, swears, surrounded by stars that are that are blurple and chartreuse in nature and flash repeatedly. Am I learning this right? Am I artist? Maybe if you're on a Japanese <laughs> show. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> That's not what I want to do. Okay, no, but really, I, I really would, what I, I want to do is I want to put everything kind of off-center. I want to make it non-evasive. I don't want it to draw all the attention, right? I want to try to keep it off to the side, but still noticeable, but not overbearing. Is Absolutely. That right? Absolutely. And you can use, you know, colors like Blurple, which is would be an indigo, and Chartreuse. They would actually really, work together. is an amazing color. They would work together because they're contrasting colors, but you want to tone it down a little bit. You don't want your name to be the chartreuse on this giant blurple background that will completely just take everyone's eye straight to that, and they won't be able to look away from it. You might look like Barney the Purple Dinosaur then at that point. I was about to say, uh, what I didn't tell you before before recording was I'm buying a blurple suit. To wear oh, to really? TwitchCon. It's it's beautiful. It's Are you purple really? with chartreuse pinstripes. 
And then yes. what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut out a big piece of cardboard and put my face right in the center of it. And then I'm just going to wave my hands. And I figured that's a good way to let people know where I am. Let's just get Catherine. a giant flag and put your face on it. Oh, don't give him any ideas. Ever. <laughs> Do not give him any ideas. Let's let's go on to the next. Let's go on to the next topic. Speaking of this, let's avoid distractions, which is actually our next topic. So we've talked about shapes. And we've talked about hair and everything. Ramen. Um, let's talk about. I'm, food is still in my mind. We are going to get to this food in the second half. So help me God. Um, so you say you put things off the side. You want to avoid and keep the center of the screen for that gaming content or for your eating content or your creative content or whatever it is you do. I mean, does there any, I'm trying to, trying to make sense out of this because now you've blown my entire mind because I have my alerts in the center of my screen and I probably myself do need to go through and reevaluate some of my stuff, but colors, shapes, the colors, Duke, the colors I want. How do you, how do you fight that urge? How do you not go with what is trendy right now and what is really, really like, you know, the hot pinks and the neon greens and the, the neon blues is it, are you really going to get noticed with, you know, classic colors over, abs- over the hot colors? I absolutely think you will. It, it's something that people will see subtly, but at the same time, they will appreciate because they're going to get more from what you're trying to show them and what you're trying to say than some obtrusive colors and shapes and distractions that will take away from what your content actually is. Okay, so okay. say I'm playing a game that, that has a wide variety of colors, right? It's it's common for variety streamers to have to hop from game to game where, you know, like a, like a Counter-Strike has a lot of browns and grays. You know, RimWorld has a lot of browns. Things like that, games that I commonly play. What colors would you recommend go well um, across a, multiple, like a multitude of colors? Like, so overlays, um, you know, some colors will complement others better. What are some good, just good colors that... that stand the test of time against other colors if you will i would say sticking to um i mean i would say using blacks and whites would be very a very good idea for a multitude of platforms because they will stand basically about the same throughout a lot of different colored backgrounds okay um there's certain colors that i mean that you can use to kind of you know show and stand out a little bit better um you know, stick to the main colors like um, the primary colors, yellow, red, and yellow. Blurple. And blurple. And, that, and then, of course, you know, you have your violet, <laughs> and orange, your and your green. Um, I mean, th- honestly, any color can really work as long as you use it effectively. Okay. So you can effectively use burp, blurple and chartreuse. Got it. Yes. Now, let me ask you, and this is, and actually, this isn't more of an ask. This is more of a, a streamer side of things to say, guys. These are all great advice and everything, but you also have to take into consideration the the fact that UIs, like Cad said, change from game to game. The colors change from game to game. So you might have to have multiple UIs set up. One for the bottom right, the bottom left, the top left, the top right. You may have to have different UIs, but still try to follow these same rule of thirds, same don't use blurple and chartreuse. Stay away from, from you know, hexagonal shapes and stuff like that. But I guess the next thing really... Uh, Cad, I mean, take it away, man. I, I, Next I one's just, yours. You know, you, you were mentioning changing the UI a little bit, and this is, is this is less about colors. It is about design. Make sure you're booting up your games before you go to, to, 
do an overlay. Figure out where your camera's going to sit, if it's going to be covering anything that's game-related. I play a lot of strategy games where you got that toolbar at the bottom. I can't have my cam sitting over the three most important buttons in the entire toolbar, can I? That's going to be really dumb of me. No one's going to see what I'm doing. So it's really important before you sit down with a designer that you show them exactly how everything that's going to be their static is going to be laid out. And that way they can help you better design what your what your ultimate goal is. And, and if you're a single game player, I've seen a lot of things towards like League have their very specific layouts. You know, CSGO has their own style of layouts. And let your artist know what game you play and present them a screenshot of that game so they can look at that as a reference point as well. Now, that being said, um, let's talk about alerts because alerts are not a static thing that, that stay on your screen, but they pop up. Um, do you use GIFs? Do you match your overlay and your panels to your alerts? What artistically works the best for, I would, for, for that? I, w- I would probably say that using something that kind of matches your overall theme would be a great idea because it would not take away from what you're doing on the screen in the background versus your actual overlay itself. But at Now, the when same- you say matches your theme... Do you mean matches your panels and your artwork or do you mean has a similar feel to it, a look and feel if you're look, looking at IP? I would say look and feel like your branding. Um, I would say that also having other alerts can be fun too at the same time as long as they're not, you know, too obtrusive. They're not in the center of the screen. They're not completely taking away from everything else. Okay. So, so what we okay. need to make sure we do is we keep the primary focus on what's important, which is Cadler. And everything else can kind of just fall to the wayside where I'm the center of attention. I'm everything that is man. I am the streaming Adonis and everything else really doesn't matter. Right. So modest. I try my best. But no, what what I think we're getting at the heart of the issue here is, is you want balance. You want moderation. You want the focus to still be about the product you're presenting, which is the gaming. Would you agree, Lan? I I think that I I absolutely would agree. To me, there are three main legs to to twitching. There is the community, there is the personality of the streamer, and there is the game itself. Those are the three things. And you don't want to distract from those, but you do want to enhance your stream. Um, much like when you're cooking, you want to enhance the flavor, but it's still a steak at the end of the day. I think that's a fantastic so, way to put it. You, you used a really good word right there, and I want to emphasize it, enhance. You don't want it to take over. You just wanted to make everything around it better. And that, that was a really good way of putting it. That is that is fantastic. Well, thank you. Now, our, our last little bit of notes here have just random letters strung with C, M, C, M, C, M, Y, Simkick? Simkick and Arjibda. <laughs> Simkick and Arjibda. I'm really familiar with Simkick, but not so much the Arjibda. Well, CAD, CAD, they're, they're acronyms. Can you tell me what oh. C-M-Y-K or RGB would stand for? Cool, muscly, young Cadler. And <laughs> radical gaming bro. I say radical gaming blurple. Oh, blurple works so much better. That's why you're so smart. Yeah, it does. So yeah, where are CMYK actually, and stuff? I have no idea. This is you guys. They're acronyms for for different. They're different types of color, uh, color oh, yeah. wheels, if you will. Yes, different color formats. One is primarily for print, and one is is for for digital. So really, kitten, if you were going to do somebody that was doing. Um, that is based in digital and wants to, let's say I'm going to have shirts made for TwitchCon or have business cards made. How, explain to me the RGB versus the CMYK uh, and how they interact with art and how, what I would want to do as a streamer for my channel and for looking ahead, what, one or the other, tell me which camp I should be in. 
Well, basically, CMYK itself basically is for printing. Um, you want to use the CMYK format for most print-based items. RGB works much better on the web. It looks more vibrant and more colorful when you use RGB for digital purposes. If you okay. needed to have something designed specifically, if you wanted it for both, if you cannot do both formats, I would say to stick with CMYK because then you can take it and you can print with it as well and it will still look vibrant and colorful. It won't look as vibrant and colorful on the web, but it will still look colorful. Okay, so so say a scrub like me decides to pick up like uh, Photoshop and, and I start doodling around and I make a logo that I like and it's it's in RGB, right? And I come to you and I'm like, this is what I got, make it better. How hard is it for a designer to go ahead and convert from CMYK to RGB and, and so on and vice versa? It depends, honestly, in the file format you're working in. Um, if you're working with a Photoshop file, it could likely be a JPEG or a TIFF file or a ping. <laughs> but um, that you can convert pretty simply to CMYK. Okay. Um, but if you're working with vector art, you'd have to have someone that would be able to be knowledgeable and open it up in a program like Illustrator and be able to change each individual color to RGB format. So what you're saying is if you use Photoshop, it's easier to go from one to the other than if you use Illustrator first and go back to the other. Absolutely. Um, okay. It's something I could do pretty simply, but a lot of people, if they're not familiar with the programs or if they're not artistically inclined, that would be a little bit more of an effort. Okay. So and guys, just go ahead. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I would say, and real quick, guys, as we're talking about Photoshop and Illustrator and everything, um, Another thing to consider, guys, I hear people saying, what software should I use? I can't afford Photoshop or I can't afford Illustrator. The two variants for the free versions that you got to consider is GIMP is for Photoshop. It's the free version. It's very similar in features as Inkscape is to Illustrator for vector art. So when you're hearing us talk about Photoshop and Illustrator, you can also substitute GIMP and Inkscape if you want to have programs like that, that you're going to do it. You're going to take a shot at this yourself and not go to a professional artist. So they're kind of like... Um like open office, things like that. Like it's got the same yes. basic toolkit. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Well, that makes a lot of sense then. Uh, is there anything else that you really want to hit on as far as uh, artwork goes towards Twitch rabies? I would say to kind of pick something that you would really like to portray yourself as for a brand. And beyond that, try to simplify it a little bit. Too many kind of crazy colors, too many different distractions going on in your logos. Anytime you create a logo, you need to make it small so you can put it on a business card. You need to be able to make okay. it huge. So if you wanted to, you could put it on a giant poster. Banners on so, a building. Exactly. So you want something that you, if you want to have things in a larger format, you would pref it would be more preferable to have vector art to work with because there's no pixelation involved. Very, very cool. Well, thank you so much to Kittens for, thank uh, you for so coming much by. For coming. Thank Absolutely. You, thank you. Thanks for having me. And Cad, after the break, what are we going to get into here, man? Um, I am starving, and I so think me too. I think I need Ramen. to cheer for some food. Oh, that was so bad! <laughs> I'm just going to take everybody out of here. You guys will be back in just a minute after this music. Hang still, and we got some great topics coming in just a minute for you guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. I just needed a bite to eat. I'm a little hungry, so 
I figured it was time I to eat. I am starving. Aren't you? I am starving. I'm so hungry. It's lunchtime. Which leads me to the first topic coming back from the half. Social eating and what does it mean to you? So what is... What the hell is social eating? I was going to say, what is social eating to you, Cadler? Is that going out to friends, or going out to dinner with friends, or what is social eating? Um, I, yeah, like if, when you have people come over for like game night and you have a bowl of chips and everyone's taking a chip, that's, that's pretty social. That is pretty right? social, but I, I don't goes. think that's what Twitch means when they talk about social eating. They're, uh, what's social eating? Social like eating is based off of hurt. a South Korean idea called mukbang. I feel like I should yell that when I'm at a casino. Like playing like the slot machines and I win, be like mukbang, mukbang, and you get paid. So, um, so what's it mean? What what is mukbang? Muk, mukbang? mukbang, mukbang, yes, mukbang. Mukbang is a it's an old idea of people using broadcast to socially eat large amounts of food, um, and sometimes these people are paid in thousands of dollars in donations in a day on these alternate sites, which we're not going to name, to to eat and hang out with an audience live on stream. So. Uh, you can get paid to eat? You can get paid to eat, Cather. Usually it's pasta or pizza or um, foods like, like I saw one that somebody was sitting at an all-you-could-eat buffet eating crab legs for like three hours. Yes. So I am in the wrong channel. What does this mean? I need to go to food. What does this mean to you as a broadcaster? And what does this mean with the future of Twitch? Now, Twitch has a new... Twitch used to be called Justin TV. For those of you that didn't know, they were a pioneering site in social... Um, Broadcasting. Um, you want to take a little bit on the the old days of, of Justin because you probably know more about the old Justin TV than I do. Justin TV was, um, and, and I might be dating myself even further back now, was a lot like blog TV was, where it was it was the open bit. range. It was like the wild, wild west of streaming. You could stream whatever, really, essentially whatever you wanted to stream. And they got into a lot of trouble and a lot of hot water when they weren't trying to censor people streaming pro sports games. And they ended up having to rebrand themselves to Twitch TV and focus mostly on on gaming as a whole and, and gaming talk shows, I think, were the initial categories yeah. before we got to, like, this cooking and the eating thing. But Justin TV would pretty much let you just stream whatever whatever you wanted. It really didn't matter. So it's almost like they're getting back to that now. They brought in the cooking. They're bringing they're in the, the eating. Line, yes. And they've right, got so, creative as well. Don't forget creative in there. Yeah, creative. But you but don't like creative, but follow my line of thinking here, right? The, you cook the food, you eat the food. What's the next category? Is that no, going to be a channel? No, no, we are not having a channel dedicated to <laughs> releasing the food. It's not going to happen. But guys, Twitch used to be a, a all out, no matter what you wanted to broadcast thing. Or not Twitch, Justin was an all out broadcast thing until they got shut down and then Twitch was bought out. And you know, here's the hard part though, guys, was Twitch was originally a a self-held company that did their own thing and they had their own vision of what Twitch was going to be. Well, enter, you know, Jeff Bezos and Amazon when Amazon bought Twitch because Twitch is actually an Amazon company. Now, how much Amazon and Jeff Bezos and those guys have to do with, with uh, Twitch, we don't know because we're not inside the... Uh, the bunker of Twitch, but this is going to be important in our next topic too. So please remember Amazon in here and Jeff Bezos and those guys, because that is going to come into handy. But what are we, are we losing games guys? Are we losing the, the, the polished focus that was, um, are we trading, you know, controllers for crab claws on Twitch and it, how is it going to affect you? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, I think it takes away from what, 
streaming was meant to be about. I think streaming was always meant to be about games. I think the concept of it was meant to be based around interacting with people in a creative way. And eating is not creative. Like there's no commentary to eating. There's no commentary to like cooking. I can understand there's a creative aspect to cooking, but there's no creative content to eating. You put food in mouth. Like that's all there is. And I don't know. It bothers me a lot that, but that this is you're, allowed. You're, you're, you're saying it wrong because there's nothing creative about eating, right? Well, there's a creative channel to be creative. And then there's a social eating channel for eating. So you don't have to be creative while you eat. I mean, not trying to be a, a butt buster here, but but doesn't that doesn't that take away from from what the the essence of Twitch was though? Like, wasn't it always about like like being creative is is more than just a creative channel. They created the creative channel for things that weren't games. Just like they saw a bunch of people cooking on creative, so they created a cooking well, subcategory. You have to create something and no, you can't create a life and put that on Twitch creative. Um, I've heard people argue, well, we should be able to do that on creative because you're technically creating something. I, I agree that we're stretching out and maybe they're going full circle back to the way Justin used to be, but in a controlled environment. Maybe Justin was always the end game. And when they got nailed for, you know, whatever it was that they had to shut Justin down for, and I'm not going to go into that, maybe they said, let's focus on gaming first, see if this is a viable platform. And then um, move into other things. It, it's, I don't uh, see, I'm kind of flustered because like on one side, like I can, from a business, the business side of me sees it, it, it matters. Like people want to see people eat. It's huge in huge in Eastern cultures will make it huge here in the West. They're a company, they're owned by the largest distributor of stuff on the planet. So of oh. course they're going to try to expand as much as they can, but as a purist, I, I'm I'm a little taken aback that it's as popular as it is. I, maybe it's just I don't see the desire to watch people eat food. It could just be that. I could just be offended because I don't understand why people would want to watch each other eat. Now, let me ask you this. Um, and we've, we've touched on the topic of, of certain streamers before. Let's talk about, on a level of 1 to 10, where would you put, you know, the level of disrespect that the booby streamers have for the craft, where, where would you put that as in a, in a not falling in line with what Twitch is uh, one to 10, one being mildly doesn't bother you. 10 being this is atrocious. Get rid of them. Where would you put a, a chesty streamer at? Um, and, and if that's their only quality is the fact that they got jagungas, uh, it's like a 12. It's, it's okay. the worst now, of the worst. Now, where would you put social eating on a scale of one to 10? There's a reason I asked that first part. Yeah. So if 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 we're using the legit scale and I'm not being obnoxious and yes. facetious, like booby streamers are a 10 for me. Eating, social eating is less of an offense to me. So I guess it's like probably like an eight, eight and but a half. This is the craft, at, the craft at which we try to practice every every day when we come on stream. I see. Those, I think I think it's more insulting to have people watch a game for the wrong reasons than to not watch a game at all. Like I think if you're using, because at that point, booby streamers are using games as an affront for what they're actually peddling, and there's a there's a blatant subconscious lie that is being told when they're playing a game and the boobs are just there. Like that's you're you're going for the boobs, and the game is the reason why that's allowed. But eating, there, there is no lie with the eating. You go in, people eat food. It's very clear cut. I find that less offensive. 
Okay, so so one more question about food before we we, we move on a little bit because we are rolling through this one. Um, do you think that you as a broadcaster are losing viewers in your stream? Not not your fans personally, but do you think that social eating is going to hurt gaming? Um, probably not in a long term sense. I think that okay. the, the draw will be there like anything new. You're going to have your early adopters, your hipsters who think, all right, well, I'm going to watch people eat because nobody really watches people eat. Everyone's watching games. And then that's going to flood for a while. And then people are going to be like, well, this is all crowded. It's not fun anymore. Then they're going to go, oh, well, this was all about games to begin with. So then they go back to the games. What do you well, think? I, How do you feel I've about noticed it? people already in in games eating and playing games at the same time, which... I don't know, does, is that a breaking of the rules um, as far as if you're, I'm seeing people that are that are cooking, people that are eating, people that are doing art, people that are playing video games, because right now, I'm looking at it right now live, guys, and there are 7,522 people in social eating. It's nuts. It's absolutely flipping crazy. But you know what? Is it, I was always taught as a streamer, don't eat on your stream. I like, think, it's rude. I think it, it, it disgusts some people. I think it offends me more as a person than as a streamer. Like, why would you watch somebody eat? Like, go watch, like, Oprah. Like, find something else to watch. Like, what about eating is entertaining? Well, then why do we go out to eat with people? Why do we socially eat in public? Well, I go out to eat because they make better food than I do. So I go and pay okay. somebody to feed me. <laughs> okay, so so you and the missus and me and, and missus go out to dinner one night. Why do we go out socially to eat together? Because it beats having you come to my house i don't i don't know like honestly i don't I, I i go to eat when i'm hungry i don't see eating as like a is a, a a group activity like you eat it food is because and then- it is a social experience to hang out with your friends and eat with them and we are taking now and saying you can hang out with your favorite broadcaster while they eat you can make the same meal or you can grab a pizza and you can sit there and it's almost like having dinner across the table from your favorite streamer in a way how long does it take people to eat? Like, can you make a whole stream out of eating? Because ramen goes really cold really quick. I don't know. We've now discussed it for over 10 minutes, so maybe you can. We haven't even started eating here, guys. And and the, the trick is we're actually going to go to social eating after this, and we both have pizzas. That, I'm kidding. No, we're not going to do that. No. Um, no. I don't want to. You can't make me. But, you know, enough of that. You know, enough of the food topic. That We're going to have to see over time what happens with, with the social eating. And I personally am going to play with it in my channel. I might even order a pizza and sit there because there are sites out there like Tip the Stream where you as a viewer can order food for your favorite streamer. You don't know their address. You put in your money and that business brings food to your favorite streamer's house. So I think we're going to start to see more integration between Tip the Streamer and and that's one of many companies that does it, as well as this social eating group. But enough about that. Let's talk about tipping streamers. Let's talk about what got rolled out this week, Cad. All you, man. All right. So um, I got it. Um, so cheers. Yippee. Like cheers came out onto Twitch. And what cheers are is, is cheers are a fantastic way to lose 29% of your donation. Like, well, no. All right. To be fair, to be fair, what, what cheers are, are cheers are donation coins, a coin kind of like system that you can, you pay Twitch X amount of dollars, you get cheers and you can donate cheers to the stream instead of doing donations through something like PayPal or that other site. That name is just escaping my head right now. 
And right now it's in beta. So only, I think there's like a handful, maybe 50, 100 streamers, I think at this point that actually it's have any part Any partnered streamer has access to any, it. Par any partnered streamer. Okay, so you're looking at maybe 1,500 people. All the big all the big boys and girls have it. And I haven't actually watched a stream that has it. Have you? I have. All right, tell me, how did it go? How did it go? Tell us a little bit about the, um, the cheer experience. Well, it almost seems like the partnered streamers are defending it now now let me before we go any further here here's here's twitch's theory behind it guys for the backside of things you donate to your favorite streamer through paypal and you give them your 10 bucks great now there is a small minority of people who give donations and then they do chargebacks and take their money back supposedly the uh the the cheer is going to protect the streamer and that's what that money and that extra 29% cat is talking about. Now, the reason I said that name earlier is because do you know who you have to buy your cheers through? Uh, Amazon Inc. Bingo, because all of the financial transactions are handled through Amazon. Supposedly, it is a safe way for streamers to get tipped, not donated to, but they have to use the word tip, uh, tipped or cheered by their favorite viewers. Now, here's my question, and I don't think we've seen the end of this yet. Um... Why can't you charge back against Amazon? You know, nothing says you're, you can't take your credit card and say, my son or daughter, little Billy didn't, I didn't authorize little Billy to do this. And then they take the money back. So then does Twitch take the hit? Does Amazon take the hit and the streamers get paid? What I, I mean, what I, what I think it is, is, is you have an army of lawyers behind Amazon. You have an army of lawyers behind Twitch. Nobody's really going to fight Amazon and Twitch over over a chargeback and and they have that buffer where if the chargeback happens bam that person's done they they can't come to twitch anymore that, and that then they take a nice. tiny that part hit is nice you know there is a benefit to it i will i will admit that the benefit is that it's, it's safe. safe but mm -hmm. i read somebody posted on reddit a few weeks back um when this was first kind of being talked about and it was a female streamer and she got into a fight with paypal because paypal didn't want to handle her account anymore because as she posted the chat log and everything and she gets between 2500 and 5000 individual donations a month going into mm -hmm. her PayPal. She has on average 4 to 6 chargebacks. Is it Which is really crazy good? Is that really something we need to be protecting ourselves from? When you're getting 5000, you have like a 0.3% chance of getting a chargeback at that point. So the question is, how much of this is actually protection for us versus uh, Amazon getting or, or Twitch getting a slice of the pie? I, I, you know me, man. I think it's absolutely about the pie. I think it's absolutely, they're losing. <laughs> Speaking of which, can I just go to like, going back to food, can I just go to the food area and stream myself just getting donations? Cause I got, I got to make that. I got to get that pie, man. Got to get that, get that money. I think you have to, I think you have to cook the pie in, in food and then eat it in social eating. Oh, well that's okay. But. But, you know, and there's the question, too, and, and you have to think Amazon also has to maintain their customer service space when it comes to who are they going to piss off mom and dad when little Billy goes and donates, you know, $20 on mommy and daddy's Amazon account to their favorite streamer. And then Amazon says, sorry, you can no longer use the service through us. Who are they going to who are they going to piss off? And on top of that, there's there's the whole let's let's talk about Apple for a second. Okay. Let's talk about what ha let's talk about what happened when Apple got bit in the ass by the great chargeback schemes. That you know these developers had games that their their that kids were buying, you know, the DLC in in iPhone games or in Android games and mom and dad were were not, you know, aware that little Billy was buying, you know, a 500 pack of cats in in Battle Cats. <laughs> and who bit the bullet on that one? Eventually iTunes did, Apple did. 
and it, it bit Apple in the ass. Are we going to see the same thing down the road? I guess I'm not looking at it as, as Twitch is trying to get a bigger piece of the pie or they're protecting us. I'm waiting to see what happens down the road when we start seeing those chargebacks initially because it's no safer than PayPal. We just deal with it ourselves rather than somebody else saying, okay, you're done. You can't come here anymore. Well, I think I think it makes eliminating the people that do chargebacks easier by having it done through the cheers because the cheers will be linked to your Twitch account. And if you do chargebacks that are not justified, they'll just shut you down. And the Twitch call Alerts and Muxy and, and other sites do the same thing. They already do that. Yeah, but so this puts there... all the control in the hands of Amazon. If you think about it, Amazon treats Twitch like its child, like any parent company would. So you, they're they're trying to protect it and protect its users how they feel best while skimming a little bit off the top. So, okay. so, I, what, is I the, what is the percentage that what is the percentage that they're taking? It's twenty six percent, or what did you 20, say it was 29 percent is what they're taking off the top of every cheer. Okay, so so let me ask you this: twenty nine percent for Amazon to handle it versus two point nine percent for you to handle it through PayPal yourself. Is it really worth 26%? I, I think, as, a, as a broadcaster. I, I think if you're talking, you know, our level of donations, no, it's not worth it to give up that that extra 27%. But if you're bringing in five, seven, ten thousand $10,000 a month in donations and that's your livelihood, that is your bread and butter, and you can take that hit and never have to worry about a chargeback ever again, and you can afford it, then I think it might be worth it. I could see bigger channels doing it. So let's say this, guys. You get $10,000 worth of donations in a month, and you're giving Twitch $260. Yeah, through PayPal. Or $280. If you no, do it through PayPal. 200, Wait, no, I'm confused. What? No, if it's 28%, 28% of, of $10,000 would be... $2,900. Be two, you'd be giving Twitch $2,900, guys, out of, of $10,000. You have to decide, you know, for, for guys like Cad and I, he's right. I manage my PayPal. He manages his PayPal. We're not seeing big losses. But would you rather lose $290 or would you rather lose $2,900? And that's a question you got to ask. I think the cost benefit is really what you got to look at. Can you sleep better knowing that a massive multi, multi-billion dollar corporation has your back on fraudulent chargebacks? Or are you going to wake up and see somebody donated $50,000 while you were asleep and then yanked it back and you owe some ridiculous amount of money and you're not going to eat that month. But here's where streamers need to be smart about this. And and we talked about, we talked about the guy, uh, the, the couple weeks ago, the Twitch fail where he donated $50,000 and lost it. But here's the thing that people don't realize. If you get a chargeback, let's say somebody donates a thousand dollars to your account. You let it sit there. You don't touch it because if you touch it, yes, they'll pull from your bank. Cadler, are you still there? Or are you just yeah, I'm here. No, no, I'm listening. I'm okay. listening. <laughs> so if 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 they take it back and you don't have it, they'll pull from your bank. Now, on top of that, if you don't contest a chargeback, you don't pay any fee. Did you know that? I did not. I'm you're well well more versed with the PayPal than I am. The only time you hear these scary stories about chargebacks and everything, the only time there's a fee when there's a chargeback is if you as a streamer contest a chargeback. Then you're gonna pay. Oh God. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's, it's a it's lot. A, it's a big percentage. It's a lot of money, guys. I don't even know what the percentage is off the top of my head. But you you only pay a chargeback fee if you 
if you contest it. Now, let's say you take that $1,000 from, from PayPal and you put it into your bank account and you only have $800 in your bank and the guy pulls it. Well, the bank is going to give PayPal back $1,000 to give to the guy and you're going to be in the whole $200. That's why you as a streamer need to be smart about your expenditures. You need to let money sit there for a while. You need to say, okay, so I've received, you know, let's just, let's just throw this out here as a random number. I received $5,000 this month because guys, I received nowhere near that amount of money. So I'm throwing a fake number. I received $5,000 this month. Well, you know what? You let that five grand sit there for six months, a year. So the next month rolls around. So by the time you get to a year, then a year later, you can touch that five grand. That's why it's so important as a beginning streamer to understand this money is not, it's not about the money. It's about, it's about the games and you let that money sit there and you say, okay, I'm just gonna let it sit. I'm not gonna touch it. It, it doesn't exist to me. It doesn't matter to me. And then as time goes on, you roll and you slowly take a little bit. So you can always cover that $5,000 donation. You leave those big donations, five, $10, pull it out of my bank. I don't care if you guys want to contest that, pull it out of my bank. Knock on wood, I hope they don't, but that's that's the thing. If you want to say that, that's fine, but a, a donation that's going to put you in the hole, and you as a streamer have the right to refund a, a donation. So if you don't feel right taking a $1,000 donation from somebody and it feels and smells funny to you, and you try to talk to the person and they're not responding, or they just made their Twitch account the day before, or any number of things, you as the streamer have the right to go to PayPal and say, I'm refunding this. I mean, have you, have you spent much time in your PayPal account looking at your donations and, and checking up on people? Well, when we, we started talking about this a few days ago, so I, I started familiarizing myself more because as my channel grows, I'm obviously getting um, more sporadic mm -hmm. donations, if you will. So I, I need to learn about it. And what I learned was that PayPal will actually verify trusted PayPal users. So if, it's, if I get a donation from somebody that's verified through PayPal, I'm less likely to go do a ton of back, you know, research on his Twitch account because obviously Why? he's not, cause he's not going to lose. He's not going to obviously got verified for a reason. He uses PayPal all the time. You know, if he does a fraudulent chargeback, he's going to lose his rights to that PayPal account. So it's, he's going to lose that verified status. That's, it's a lot you know, verified status on PayPal is actually really kind of a, an important thing to people that use it all the time. It means you're trustworthy. It means PayPal trusts you. So, I'm less likely to do the back research. If it's somebody that I've never seen before or they come in really quick, donate, and then they bail, then I'm a little bit more likely to go digging into their account. How do you – I know you're you're always a proponent of back checking where you're getting your donations from. How do you I, go about I it? I am an absolute cynic. I'm an absolute cynic. I check – there are APIs you can use as a Twitch broadcaster to – um to see how long somebody has been a user, see how how what what verification their account has, if they've been banned, if they've been you know a a, a day ban, a week ban, a forever ban, as well as I don't seem to think that the PayPal verified user verified what's the term for it? It's I think it's verified. Yeah, I'm, the I'm verified. I don't think that matters as much because you can still be a verified member with a chargeback on your account. I think. I think if it becomes a very contested thing, like if you do it often, which I could imagine that people that do that kind of things are, are trolly people. We talk about trolls all the time. They're probably going to more than just your channel, donating a hundred dollars and then charging it back. They're probably doing it to a lot of people. Okay, so okay. I think, I think I'm, that's a total anecdotal guess, if you will. I'm just I'm, I'm kind of presuming. I'm also a cynic who questions you know I love when when people come to my channel and donate and everything but in a weird sense I'm of the mindset it's like well I'm sitting here playing video games hanging out with my community well, why why give me money what, what did I do and I know this is terrible to say but why give me money what did I do to deserve money and so I'm always a cynic it's like somebody's giving me money for playing video games I need to check everything about this I need to see what they're doing I need to know who they are I need to know when the last time they donated was I need to know 
I just feel this like I don't want the wool pulled out from under me. And when you start streaming, guys, you're going to read all these articles on the Internet. You're going to see all these YouTube videos. You're going to see all these things on Reddit, on the Twitch Reddit about these horror stories that people have. And we go back to the trolls and, you know, how to feed the trolls and how not to feed the trolls and to deal with them and everything. And you kind of have to ask yourself, what kind of community? You know, I know when my community donates to me, they genuinely mean it. I never question when it's somebody in my community. But if somebody comes in right away and just donates 20 bucks to me and they've never spoken to me and they've only been there a day, I'm like, okay, well, who the hell are you? And it kind of makes me a little bit nervous, but I, I'm, I, I, I think it goes back. I think it goes back. Just make sure you have enough money in your account to handle any possible chargebacks. Like, yes, so yes. whatever donations you get, keep that plus, say, 10%. Think of it like a checking account where you know how many bills you have, what their average cost is. Keep that amount plus 10%. That way you're always protected financially. That, that's exactly. A, that's a personal that's, finance tip. That's great. That's great advice right there. <laughs> now, I'm a cynic and I worry about people because I worry about everything. I changed over my PayPal to be a business account because I didn't want my personal name on it. And to me, that's very important to keep my anonymity. I mean, how do you feel about the whole uh, uh, being docs thing? I I think there's well let's well let's explain what is sorry before I oh, I'm go so ahead, sorry go ahead go ahead what is doxing because that's a term that we use here that maybe not everybody's familiar with so let's start with what is doxing in its purest sense it's whenever your personal information gets leaked it's information that you don't want out there that gets out there so your name your address phone number um, illicit love affairs with Hollywood celebrities I mean that's the one most common for me. Um, you, you, anytime that people find out things about you that you don't want them to find out that's doxing and doxing can go to a very dark place. It could be as simple as somebody finds out your name and they'll send it to you just to scare you. And it goes as far as people calling in fake bomb threats and fake hostage threats to your house. So the SWAT comes and kicks in your door. Like it can go that serious. Like people, there's videos of it. You can watch people yeah. who have been raided on Twitch. It's called swatting, and it's a thing that or, trolls or find funny. Then there's the thing that people hire escorts to come to your house, oh. which in some municipalities is completely illegal. Is that considered so a donation? Uh, I don't. It's considered being doxed. Oh, okay. Um, but so, guys, it's very important. Like, like I said, I got this package in the mail, and um, I went to go show it on the the live stream of this podcast, and almost forgot to take the. The, uh, the, the packing slip that showed my address on it off. You have to be very aware that you're not giving out your real name, that you're not giving out about giving out specifics of what town you live in. Hell, stay, stay out of the area. The closest I'll tell people, I live in Florida. Done. Because I just want to have that level of protection. Now, are we ever fully safe from being, quote unquote, doxxed? No, we're not. I don't think so. I really don't But think can you so. limit it? Once again, it's how you treat your community with respect. I think you're more likely to be doxxed if you're an a-hole to your to people on stream. And I also think the less factors you give it, the less likely it is to happen. So I go I but, go as far as as telling people I live in Chicago. There's 11 million people in the Chicagoland area that I think that's a level of safe I'm okay with and it's part of me as if you will as my brand. We talked about brand in the last half. It, yeah. it explains my, my attitude and my demeanor and, and the clothes that I wear. I'm not going to censor the clothes that I wear because I don't care enough to do it. But that's as far mm -hmm. as I'll go. And that's if that's all you give somebody, that's fine. But where people forget, and this is, you know, it's, it's considered OPSEC going to a military turn, operational security, where 
terrorists, and well, in this case we'll use trolls, will grab little tiny pieces of information from everything you say, and they use it to build a much larger picture. So you might say, I'm from Chicago, or I this is my favorite restaurant, or I love to you know go here, or I like listening to this band, and they'll piece it all together, and they can tell right where you're from. It takes a little while, but yes. it's, it yes. happens. They'll, they'll eventually create a profile of who you are if you're not careful. So that being said, just avoid, you know, your name, avoid phone numbers, you know, avoid showing your phone on stream, avoid, uh, keep a personal pr- profile of who you are, your email address, this side of stuff, a personal Twitter, a personal YouTube, and then have your stream side of stuff where you have a, you know, a stream account and a YouTube account and a Google account and all these accounts that are for your stream personality. Keep two personas is the best way to do it. But let's, uh, I mean, I, that I, being said, I was about to say, I think that's all you can really say other than. Before you say something personal, take a second and think about how could this get twisted back to me and sit down when you're not streaming and really think about the kind of information you're willing to divulge because divulging personal information can bring your community closer, but it also puts you more in the line of fire. Absolutely. And and think about too, while you're at it, guys, making nicknames for everybody. I know we call my mother, honey badger. We call, uh, my girlfriend who is the head of my mod team, uh, beach cat. My best friend is Irish Roses. Everybody has different names in my circle. I never use real names on stream if I can help it. I try to have, you know, I'm sitting here looking at Mr. Cadler Draven, and I know Cadler Draven's real name. I know his full real name, but he is always Cadler Draven when I get on stream. I never would say, oh, your name is XYZ. So always have that level of professionalism that never gives um, the that away. And, and, you know, things like logos. Like if you're wearing a, a construction shirt from a local company, you're going to give away where your area is by based off of that shirt. So be careful of that. But guys, that's that. Now, doxing, this is kind of an edge doxing thing because we're going to talk about TwitchCon here for a minute because you're going to see people that you know from your stream. Road so, to TwitchCon, we're, we're going to TwitchCon. to TwitchCon, we're going to go meet the peoples. TwitchCon, excellent, party that's my, time. That's, that's the new Twitch song, TwitchCon song. I just came up with it. Okay. Do you like it? We're going to go with that. So where are we at this week, Ed? On the road to TwitchCon, we still have, what, 12 weeks or 11 weeks? Yeah, something like that. we got to get a counter something going. Something like that. We really we need do. to get a counter going. Uh, so where are we at this week? Up? What's going on? We are. We have the hotel booked. We are airfare. We got the airfare done. We got the badges done. We got the hotel done. And we are good to go now. I think we are safe to get onto a plane and go embarrass ourselves in front of a bunch of other people. I'm, I'm always down to embarrass myself in front of a bunch of other people. That's always fun to me. So that's it guys. I mean, we are, we are booked to go. If you are coming out to San Diego, the end of September for TwitchCon, we are going to be there to hang out. And you know, that's another thing to consider with, with, with doxing and as far as rubbing shoulders with other people and being around people. And that's a topic we're probably going to cover next week though. And yeah, that is, uh, that's going to do it for us today, guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you learned some things. Thank you again to uh, Miss Rabies Kitten for all of the art information she dropped in the first half of the show. Absolutely. And hopefully we will see you guys back soon. See you next week. Have a great week. And guys, have a happy 4th of July if you're here in America. And to all of our friends abroad, also be safe and have a good week. Bye.